The following message comes to you from the pulpit of Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church in Ackerman, Mississippi. We invite you to visit Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church for worship services every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. Macedonia is located at 11 Staten Road on Highway 15, five miles north of Ackerman, Mississippi. For more information about Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church, you may visit our website at macedonia-pbc.org. So thankful to be here with you today and uh, really just didn't really expect to be standing this morning, but I hope and pray that the Lord would bless us in our efforts here today. And uh, the quote that you brought forward, Brother Ben, from uh, uh, John Calvin uh, is very astute uh, and very fitting for me this morning because I'm preaching to myself as much as anybody else this morning in particular. Uh, I had something studied out earlier this week, and it just seemed like what it should be, but it just didn't seem right when my name was called this morning, and I hope and pray that the Lord would guide us in what we try to speak about this morning. And what kind of brought my mind to this was yesterday I was driving home from Portland, Tennessee, and uh, all of them, I don't know if this ever happens to y'all, but all of a sudden, it just overwhelmed me that I'm almost 52 years old and I don't have any savings and I don't have any retirement. I don't know if you ever have those moments of terror, you know. When you see everybody driving around you in F-250s and pulling campers and they're retiring and enjoying their, you know, I, I, I wasn't blessed to hold on to my retirement. I was thankful to have it. I had to pay bills with it and I paid my just and honest debts, praise you Lord. But every once in a while, you just get a little overwhelmed with the things of this world and your eye needs to be single. Your eye needs to be single. And I thank God that in the midst of that drive, and thank God I was by myself because I didn't want to fret Sister Laura with this worrying and belly aching. But I thank God that one of the greatest salvations I have in the Lord's kingdom is to be able to recenter myself on the Word of God. And it's a constant exercise, brothers and sisters. This is not just a one and done thing. Discipleship is a battle. And it's a battle against yourself first and foremost. And brought my mind to this passage of Scripture that I've read here recently in my daily Bible readings from Judges chapter 7 during the account of Gideon facing the Midianites. And you know, he was facing a very great challenge. Started off with 32,000, wound up, those that were afraid went home, got down to 10,000. He sent them to the riverside and said, those who have bowed down to drink, he said, those you can send home. He said, those that raise up that water and lap like a dog, he said, those are the ones that remain. And I'm paraphrasing. And a lot of people will look and say, and I, these are just my thoughts. A lot of people will just say, well, those who lifted that water up, that means they were more watchful. They were more astute. And they were watching for the enemy. Whereas the other ones who bowed down to drink, they were, apparently were being careless. I think about that a little differently. God chose this instance and the defeat of the Midianites at the hands of the 300 to show his glory and his power, not the prowess of men, not their ability. I tend to think the ones who were lifting the water up to their mouths were like me. They're too fat to bow down and drink out of the river. I can just see 300 tubby men out there with with. with pitchers with lamps in them and, and horns ready to fight and 
according to the judgment of men, an insurmountable foe. But brethren, let me tell you something. There is nothing insurmountable unto your God. He was able then, and he's the same God today. Oh, he may manifest himself in a little different ways sometimes, but manifest himself, yet he still does. And so we go there in Judges chapter 7, and after he's commanding Gideon what to do, and Gideon obviously feels overwhelmed. He's not able to meet the demands in himself. And in verse 9 of Judges 7 said, And it came to pass the same night that the Lord said unto him, Arise, get thee down unto the hosts, for I have delivered it into thine hand. Now, if that's all the Lord told him, that would have been all the Lord needed to tell him. And he would have gone forward terrified, I, I hope, okay? I don't know if I would. I'd like to think and assume Gideon did. But if that's all the Lord told him, then he could go forward and say, Lord, I just don't know. I don't know about this situation. But notice, here he said, And it came to pass the same night that the Lord said unto him, Arise, get thee down unto the host, for I have delivered it into thine hand. But if thou fear to go down. Friends, your God is not for, you know, I will tell you what, he does not, he remembereth that you are dust. Okay, he remember. He knows what you're facing day to day. We have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. And I'm thankful that the things that I face, my Savior, my elder brother, my uh, wonderful Counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace has faced before me, and he has he has not ill equipped me. He has amply equipped me to be able to face any of these challenges that I'll face uh, in this time. I'm going to tell you, somebody may say, but Brother Joe, we're facing mighty uncertain financial times. Friends, let me tell you something. There ain't no such thing as a certain financial time. They're all uncertain financial times. Oh, we're facing uncertain times regarding health. They're all uncertain, my friends. Do you realize how close we are to one mutated virus killing millions in a swath? We faced... A pandemic lately? I'm going to tell you what, the Lord can suffer something to uh, touch us that can humble us. I'll tell you, you see America all proud and cocky and throwing God away. You wait until millions are going into the pits and common graves. And I'll tell you, brothers and sisters, God, God knows how to break dogs from sucking eggs. You hear me? He can do that. Okay? We beg for his mercy uh, in judging us and in dealing with us. But here he said, if thou fear to go down, and he knew he was fearful, he said, go thou with Fura thy servant down to the host, and thou shalt hear what they say, and afterward shall thine hands be strengthened to go down unto the host. Then he went down with Fura his servant under the outside of the armed men that were in the host. Now somebody may say, what good is that going to do, Lord? They all hate us. There are more of them than locusts that are covering the field. How is it I go go closer to them and hear them talking? And how is that going to encourage me? Uh, friends, by rational mindset, we would think that's only going to terrify us more because it becomes more in your face. It becomes more personal. But God always knows what he's doing, okay? Uh, lean not unto thine own understanding, but in all thy ways, my friends, acknowledge him, and he'll direct thy paths. You know, in some translations of the Bible that said he'll make that path smooth. There's some times he'll make my path smooth, but sometimes your path's going to be rough, rough as a cob. Yeah, I tell you, I like the King James. He said he'll direct thy paths. And no matter what comes, my friends, he, that angel of the Lord, is going before you. 
and there's nothing that he'll bring you to it, and he won't bring you through it. Okay? So here, he went unto the outside of the armed men, and the Midianites and the Amalekites and all the children of the east lay along in the valley like grasshoppers for multitude, and their camels were without number as the sand by the seaside for multitude. And when Gideon was come, behold, there was a man that told a dream unto his fellow. Somebody may say, wow, that's, that's accidental. That's coincidental. No, friends, don't ever, you know, be very careful in ascribing luck to things in this life that bring you blessedness because I'd much rather lean upon the providence of the Lord. And here the Lord was providing for him. And when Gideon, he said, and there was told a man, told a dream unto his fellow and said, behold, I dreamed a dream. And lo, a cake of barley bread tumbled into the host of Midian and came unto a tent and smote it that it fell and overturned it that the tent lay long. And his fellow answered and said, This is nothing else save the sword of Gideon, the son of Joash. This isn't Gideon and Furah saying that. This is the Midianite saying this. I can tell you if God can speak with a man's voice through an ass, he spoke through these enemies, my friends, the truth of God's word because he was using them, my friends, to encourage his servants who were trembling and were downcast and downheartened. And it was so when Gideon heard the telling of the dream and the interpretation thereof that he worshipped and returned into the host of Israel and said, Arise, for the Lord hath delivered into your hand the host of Midian. Somebody may ask why is he so emboldened by that? Well, for one thing, he saw God's supernatural power at work. And another thing, he heard tell about a dream. Now, somebody may say, big deal about that dream. How scary is a loaf of bread, okay? Uh, I mean, this wasn't even wonder bread, my friend. This wasn't even light bread. This was a big old chunky piece. I bet it was about like eating cardboard sometimes of a barley loaf. The barley loaf rolled into a tent, knocked it down. Now all of a sudden, you're emboldened to go and say, let us go up for the Lord has given us the people. I can tell you, brothers and sisters, Gideon was made to realize something, my friends. He wasn't there at all leaning onto his own understanding or onto his own vision. He didn't have to work out uh, the logistics. He didn't have to figure it all out. He knew his God had already figured it out. His God had already affirmed it unto him. And now God, God chose to use a dream about a rolling chunk of bread to encourage him. Oh, Gideon getting those made to see something about that bread, my friends. It wasn't just something to make a sandwich with. I think, my friends, we're seeing here an allusion to the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ in the picture of this bread. Something very common. Something that they had left and right and would typically take for granted. But brothers and sisters, some 2,000 years ago, there was a man uh, born of a woman, uh, born of a virgin, my friends, who came. And Isaiah said, my friends, he was at the root out of dry ground. Oh, he said, there's no form nor comeliness. And said, when we shall behold him, uh, we shall, there'll be no beauty that we desire him. And I'll tell you that common, what the world called common, my friends, is the very God of glory who came into this world. Uh, he's the bread of heaven. And I'm very thankful, my friends, that he had a little vision of the bread of heaven in this day. And they had a great victory that day, which the world would never guess uh, could ever be victorious. And I'm going to tell you, brothers and sisters, this whole world is against you out there. I'll tell you, I hear theologians and I hear people say, well, you know, basically what we just need to learn and what we need to accept is that there's a little good in all men. 
Well, you find that in the Word of God, and I'll believe it. But just the opposite have told me, in all men there is no good. No, not one. But I do thank God, my friends, that all of these troubles and trials will be overcome, not only here in time for us. I'll tell you, when we're leaning upon the Lord in faith, don't ever think that this world can't destroy you. This world can destroy you, but when you are yoked together with Jesus Christ, it can't, okay? Are we always yoked together with Christ? I'd like to think I am, but I'll tell you, there come times like yesterday when I'm tempted to just pull on the side of the road and cry and weep for fear. But brothers and sisters, when you enter that head back into that yoke, oh, my friends, uh, the, 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 the burden is so light when you're refocused on the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. It brings me to mind over in John chapter 6, the Lord spoke of that bread of heaven. Uh, he told them very plainly. Oh, I love what he said over in John chapter 6, verses 39 and 40. He said, this is the Father's will. Here, he's, he, I, think, I think is a key to understanding this passage of Scripture more clearly. And this is the Father's will which has sent me that of all which he hath given me, I should lose nothing but should raise it up again at the last day. I, I thank God for that declaration of the success of our Savior. Amen? Uh, what is the it? Notice the it there. It's something objective. And God has determined that every one of his children will be bought and paid for by the Son's blood and redemption, and every one of them will be in heaven. But brothers and sisters, I'm very thankful that he didn't just come and do that and leave old Joe ignorant. Now, I don't, I don't begin to pretend how extensively God is going to have his family outside of evangelized realms. All I can tell you that, my friends, that's God's business, and he's far able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. I think that God who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think will save far more people than a poor person like me would ever assume him to do. But again, that's not my business. I don't have any way of knowing that. That's God's business. What I'm thankful for is that he chose my friends to let me feed upon that bread. I'm thankful that he blessed me to hear the gospel. I'm blessed that he has sent good, able men like my friends and my fathers in the ministry who've gone before to preach the doctrine and the practice of the primitive church, my friends. And it's been good to me all the days of my life. The church has been far better to me than I've ever been to her. And God forbid that we should ever turn and walk away or faint and fall away. No, my friends. Here he said, oh yes, he'll lose nothing. He'll raise it up again at the last day. But I'm thankful for verse 42. And this is the will of him that sent me, that everyone which, notice he got it down to one. He went from it to the one, okay? Now he's talking to us personally, okay? He said, and this is the will of him that sent me, that everyone, every Joe, every Dwayne Dubar, uh, every Eileen Waddle, every Hannah Abernathy, every one, my friends, that every one which seeth the Son. Do you see him today, my friends? Gideon saw that, uh, heard the tell of that, that dream of that rolling bread of barley, and though anybody would scoff at that and say, that doesn't intimidate anybody. I'm telling you, brothers and sisters, the very sustenance of our souls and our lives and the very hope we have for heaven is abounding around us today. Somebody say, bread is so common. I'm very thankful, my friends, that God has his people of every kindred, nation, tongue, and people. Amen. I'm thankful, my friends. It's not going to be us four and no more in heaven, but I'm thankful there's going to be a throng like the stars of the heaven and the sand of the seashore in glory. And how many going to be there? Everyone's supposed to be there is going to be there. How many going to be missing? Not a one. You can sing with a circle being broken all you want, but in heaven, I thank God, we'll know the truth, my friends. The circle will be unbroken uh, because Jesus came to assure it and God doesn't do anything by half measure. You hear me? 
And I'm thankful he got right down to the one. I'm thankful that he has comforted Rusty Wise with the truth. I'm thankful, my friend. What would this world be if we didn't know about the bread of heaven? What would this world be if we didn't know about a Lord who's so successful that he doesn't have to say woulda, coulda, shoulda, and he doesn't have to beg lowly, pitiful men? Brothers and sisters, I'm very thankful. I'm very thankful for our Lord who is able to save all of his people. And it's with that understanding that, brothers and sisters, we take such joy in feeding on that bread. He said here, and this is the will of him that sent me, that everyone that seeth the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life. And if you look that wording up in the Greek, that's a definitive. That's not a perspective. That's a definitive. May have everlasting life. And I will raise him up at the last day. He went on to talk about bread. And very quickly, we're going to bring this to a close. But uh, I'd like to go to John chapter 6 a little further on. Jesus identifies himself as the bread of life. Now, somebody might say here he's telling people something they have to do so that they can become his children. I'm here to tell you, my friends, I believe Jesus Christ was declaring a commonality among all those who are his children. Okay? What? He's their sustenance. Remember that picture in the Old Testament, that table, that golden table of shoe bread? And there were 12 loaves of bread laid out upon there continually. You see, my friends... Uh, that is God indicating to you, not that there was something all that special about the number 12, but that he was the bread to feed all of his covenant people. And he was sufficient then, and I'll tell you, he's always been sufficient, and he always will be the bread for his people. Jesus said unto them in verse 53, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except ye eat the flesh of the Son of Man. Notice he didn't say, if you will. He didn't say, if you might, if you choose to. He said here, he's speaking, my friends, in a present tense as if this is a, a present tense reality for the people under consideration. <laughs> verily, verily, I say unto you, except ye eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, ye will have no life. No, he said, ye have no life in you. You know what? one thing I know today, my friends? I believe I see Jesus in all of you, and I believe this all applies to you, that you're eating of the flesh, and you're eating of the bread, and you're drinking of the blood. Now, somebody may say, that sounds grotesque. Brothers and sisters, when you consider the blood and the flesh of Jesus Christ, it goes from grotesque to wondrous. It goes absolutely amazing that the Lord would do for us something that we could not and would not have done for ourselves. It goes from this world thinking, that was a time in my life, my friends, when the thought of Jesus Jesus Christ only got in the way of my bar room uh, going and my, my houses of ill repute and things of that nature. But there came a time, my friends, and it's not because of anything that I did or Elder Melvin Myers or Elder Wayne Myers or Elder Cecil Easterling or any of those good old men that preached to me all of my life. It wasn't anything those men did, but it was Jesus himself who came in and placed within himself me, my friends. Whosoever is born of God doth not commit sin, for his seed remaineth in him, and he cannot sin for he is born of God. That's something the Lord did for me one day. And I'll tell you, that bread, that flesh, and that blood went from being a burden. It went from being something. I'll tell you, I'm ashamed to say it. I'd go to church on Wednesday night because Mom and Daddy expected me to. And then I'd load up and go to Skinny's Bar because I wanted to. But there came a time when God dealt with me. And he changed me in that. And I thank God, my friends, that the thought of those things of old are bitterness. Oh, but brother, just behold, 
If any man be in Christ, behold, all things are become new. Now I'll tell you, there's a new taste in my mouth. I'll tell you, he's lifted me up out of the miry clay and he set my feet upon a rock and established my goings. And I give him all the honor and the glory. Those things that used to be glory to me are now poison. I count all things, uh, my friends, but dung for the uh, knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, because of what he did in me. And now I eat that flesh and I drink that blood. He said, Whoso eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood hath eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is meat indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood dwelleth in me, and I in him. As the living Father sent me, and I live by the Father, so he that eateth me, even he shall live by me. This is that bread which came down from heaven. Not as your fathers did eat manna and are dead. He that eateth of this bread shall live forever. I thank my God, brothers and sisters, that he is the bread of heaven and that he is the one who gave me the nature to uh, desire him and to be sustained by him. But friends, that picture of the bread that we see, that common barley bread that came in and gave such boldness through that dream unto Gideon, I want you to understand, brothers and sisters, we still have that bread today. Not just in the supernatural, mystical sense that Jesus dwells within us. And I thank God that's the first and foremost place I want Jesus is in me. Amen? I want the kingdom of heaven in me. But I'll tell you, brothers and sisters, I thank God for this kingdom. Amen? We have bread to eat in this kingdom. We're not talking about consubstantiation. We're not talking about transubstantiation. If you want to know what that is, you Google it. Or you ask me afterwards and we can tell you what that is. I'm not talking about you taking this bread of the communion and taking it. and You've got to do that to maintain or to even obtain your everlasting life. But no, my friends, we remember his death until he comes. And we sit together in a common union. It's not that bread, my friends, the communion of the body of Christ. And we enjoy those things. And I'm thankful that we get to savor them together. Somebody may say, but it's just bread, Brother Joe. I've been on keto diet for quite a while. I'll tell you, bread looks like a T-bone steak to me right now. <laughs> I'd, I'd gnaw on that barley bread till my teeth run out. I'm telling you, uh, bread, bread's bread is what we need, my friends. That little barley loaf was what they needed at the time. And I'll tell you, Jesus will be what you need at the time. We need to be praying, Lord, give us this day our daily bread. Not give me for the... That's what I had yesterday. I wanted, Lord, I want bread for the next 30 years. No, give me this day, my bread, oh Lord. And you know what? He gave it to me. I had a little revival on the interstate yesterday. I've had a little revival in here today. And I feel good for those folks up in Kentucky uh, who are having whatever experience they're having. I ain't going to judge them people from afar. I'm just thankful for what I got right here and right now. That I'm able to feed on the bread of heaven, my friends. I'll tell you, Jesus Christ can get it. Oh, I tell you, I thank God I've been able to chew on it under the sound of good gospel preaching. Amen. I'll tell you that day when the Lord got him to sit down in 50s around the green grass. I'll tell you, he didn't tell that lad to go pass the bread out. That wouldn't have done any good. He didn't tell, my friends, you disciples go and get it and you break it. It wouldn't have gone as far from here to there. But Jesus himself took that bread. He broke the bread. He gave it unto them. And then can you see that bread going from hand to hand? Hand to hand. Not only from the disciples to, the, to those that were auditors that day, but I believe some of those people who heard passed a little of that bread on. And they passed it on. And they passed it on. And everybody was filled with 12 baskets full. I'll tell you, I thank God for a feast of the Lord. I thank God 
God that he's able to take something that's so small according to the measure of this world and he's able to make it so large in his grace and his mercy. Brother and sister, don't you ever doubt the kingdom. I'll tell you people to look at the old Baptist church and they'll say they ain't nothing but an old, hard, dried, crackled barley loaf. Brothers and sisters, it's where Jesus resides. I'll tell you, he's promised to be here with us. Don't you ever despise it. And don't you count the day of small things as a despicable thing. My friends, we're not to despise the day of small things. According to Zechariah chapter 7, I think it is. Zechariah, brothers and sisters, tells us that we're to appreciate it and to enjoy it. And we eat on that bread. When it's fed to us in the gospel, we enjoy that bread, my friends, when we come together in a special time with the Lord. Remember over in John chapter 21, there they had, they'd been out there toiling, and who did they find waiting for them? Isn't that the way it is? I want to be found waiting on the Lord. Amen. They that wait upon the Lord, He'll renew their strength. Amen. They'll run and not get weary. They'll, they'll walk and they'll not faint. And I'll tell you, he, he's able to outdo even the strength of young men. I want to wait upon the Lord. I want to feel lifted up as on eagle's wings. But brothers and sisters, I'm here to tell you, in my times of need, in the times when I'm failing, in the times when I doubt and I wonder about retirement and presidents and congresses and supreme courts, and I have all these problems, I want you to understand, my friends, Jesus is always waiting for me. Amen. Jesus comes to where I am. I'll tell you that man that was beaten and left almost dead there on that road I'll tell you the priest went on one side the Levite on the other but that good Samaritan came right down to where he was and he poured oil and wine into his wounds and he cared for him and that's what Jesus has done for me he's blessed me to feed upon things that the world counts as, as just common but I'll tell you the bread from heaven is what I want and I'll have got it my friends I'll tell you I may live on social security or social security may be gone one day but I'll tell you one thing I'll still be in the hands of an everlasting God. I'll tell you, he's not left me. He's not forsaken me. He's graving you in his hand, and your walls are continually before him. Who should be sad in here today? If you are, bless your heart. I'll tell you, repent, and you eat of that bread, and you feed of that bread. They went on that shore, and there was Jesus Christ with fish and with bread for them to eat. And I like that. You know, some years before, after Jesus was baptized and was led of the Spirit into the wilderness, Satan tried to get him to make bread. Can Jesus make bread? There in John chapter 6, he proved a work of creation. He can create as much bread as he wants. And Satan said, if you be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. No. If it's Satan's idea, it's never a good thing. I just love the thought that as they came up there on that shore and they saw, where did he get the fish? Obviously, he could have gotten fish from the sea. They just come from the sea. But there he was in the wilderness with not only fish, but with bread. And I like to think that in Jesus' mind, he's saying, Satan, you say I need to make bread? I'll make bread when I want to make bread. <laughs> I'll make bread when I want to feed my children. Brothers and sisters, isn't it conspicuous that those... Uh, and I didn't study this out. I know I'm wandering all over the place, but I'm enjoying doing it. I'm enjoying wandering. Those, in Luke chapter 24, those disciples on the road to Emmaus, they were defeated, cast down. We thought it was going to be him. We thought he was the one. And friends, there have been times in my life when I've let people with so-called science, falsely so-called, and National Geographic Channel and things of this nature make me sit down and say, is he real? This world wants you to doubt. This world wants you to fear. Well, brothers and sisters, they had been 
downcast? Is it any reason, is it any, is, is it any you know, accident that Peter said he hath begotten us again to a lively hope of the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead? I don't think Peter was talking about getting born again. I think he was talking about feeling born again again. They needed to feel born again again. My friends, they had lived, they had loved, they had hoped, and now they were in doubt. But I'm going to tell you, Jesus came to where they were. Amen? Jesus had beheld his vision for them, and he came to them where they were, and he talked to them and preached to them of, of his own self, of his own life, of his own prophecies, of his own gospel doctrine. And I'll tell you, brothers and sisters, when they went into the house, oh, he would have passed by. And I don't believe that's an error. I believe unless they had craved him, he would have every right to have passed him on by. But they did wisely. You know what they said? They said, come in with us. Come dine with us. And they went into the house. And what happened? Jesus was serving them still. Lady, you can't serve Jesus uh, more than he can serve you. And it was in the breaking of that bread that he opened their eyes. And he disappeared from their sight. And I mean just a little while ago, here they were tired. We've walked all these miles We've been serving that which we don't have any confidence in. Woe is me, woe is me. And Jesus comes on the scene and breaks a little bread and feeds his children. And I'll tell you, they're ready to run back and tell, did not our hearts burn within us when he spoke to us, by the Amen. way? <laughs> My grandpa never retired. He worked until he couldn't work anymore. And he loved Jesus the whole time. <laughs> And he was happy. And he was full of joy. And you know what, my friends? The God that lived in the olden times and the God that lived for Nelson Julius Nettles, I believe lives for me. Amen. I'll not fear. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in those still green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. Help us, friends, that we don't stir those waters up. That's right. Let's just lay there and enjoy the bread of heaven. <coughs> and you know, I'm saying this in closing. I didn't come up here to cry. <coughs> we break bread around the communion table. And it's very important for us to be diligent. It's very important for us to examine ourselves to see that we be in the faith, that we don't eat the bread and drink the wine to our own damnation and condemnation. Yes, that's very important. But there's something you need to understand. When we think about that so oftentimes, we sit there and say, I've got to find what's wrong in somebody else, and I've got to be sure and put them at arm's length. What's worse excuse my French, trying to pick a booger as an excuse to push somebody away or depriving somebody of your fellowship that they ought to enjoy in the church. Amen. We need to start asking ourselves what's worse. We need to start asking ourselves if we can agree to disagree. We need to start asking ourselves what is a sound Baptist and we also need to stop and realize that when we look in the mirror, you're seeing someone with fallen judgment in a lot of ways. And brothers and sisters, if I'm going to err, 
God, help me to err on the side of love and grace. And I'll tell you what, brothers and sisters, I've made mistakes before. I've made a lot of mistakes before. But a lot of my mistakes I made bearing on the side of consternation, austerity, toeing the line. And I've gone back in the past and I've looked at times when I've made some mistakes and I did it out of love and charity. I'll tell you, I feel a whole lot better about the ones made out of love than the ones made out of a hard and rigid heart. Let us be careful, but let us be loving. Let us feed together of the bread of life. He placed it within us. It's, my friends, He's given it to us. Let us feed on it. It's from His hands. It's from Him. He is that bread of life. Let us love one another better as the days go on. I love you and I thank you for your good order attention that I've stood before. We thank you for listening to today's message and invite you to visit Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church for worship services every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. Macedonia is located at 11 Staten Road on Highway 15, five miles north of Ackerman, Mississippi. For further information about Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church, you may visit our website at macedonia-pbc.org.